This is the College Toolkit with Jack State, where we will discuss the tools you need to get to and through college. We're your hosts, Lauren and Noelle. Now, let's add another tool to your College Toolkit. After being at JSU for more than eight years, I've seen a lot of change in the application process and what students are looking for. So I'm really glad that we're getting to speak to you more directly about the process and help you be that guide. What about you, Noelle? Absolutely. So JSU is known as the friendliest campus in the South, so I think it's so fitting to be coming to our future Gamecocks as well as students in our community in this way, just to be your college admissions friends, to serve and guide in that process. We hope that as you listen in, you'll feel like you have someone here to assist you each step of the way. I know that's something that's so important to everyone on our team at JSU. Later on in the podcast, we will actually bring in another expert to help us dive into this more deeply. So we really hope that you enjoy today's episode. So both of us had different but good recruitment experiences, and we want our students, listeners, the supporters to feel like they can have a positive experience as well. Yes, our goal is to give you all the answers that we can, some insights and some tools that you'll need as you go through the college discovery and application process, as well as some tools for success as a college student. So we will get into some resources like this podcast um, and, and other things that we can provide to you as hopefully future Gamecocks and future Gamecock parents and um, be more of a guidance throughout this process. Yes, and all of that process really starts with discovering colleges, um, deciding what you want in a college, so what factors are most important. Um, I always tell students I'm recruiting, you know, make your wish list, sit down with your supporters and kind of decide like what are the most important factors when you're looking at a college. There are so many to choose from, and so you want to figure out how do you narrow that down, and it comes down to what you want. Um, We feel like there are three primary factors with a lot of individual factors kind of in those larger factors. Um, that are the most important for that college search. And we're going to go more into these in future episodes. Um, But we feel like some of the top three are academics, costs, and fit. So with academics, does this college have the major I want for the career I'm wanting to have? Um, And not only do they have that major, but is that major well supported? Do I have the resources I need inside and outside of the classroom to be successful in that major? Um, do I have dedicated faculty who are going to assist me and not just getting in the classroom, but getting through the classes, having the skills that you need, um, and especially a lot of those hands-on learning experiences that give you those skills for what's next. But also, not only does the school have the resources to support my academic life, but does the school also have resources to support your life outside of the classroom? So college is not in a bubble. Life is still happening and going on at the same time you are getting your education. So you need support for everything else that's going on in your world, not just what's inside the classroom. All right, so the next factor that we want to touch on is cost, and sometimes that can be kind of a not very fun thing to talk about because it is expensive to to go to college, whether you are going to a two-year college, a four-year college, either way, it, it is an investment in your future. And so when you're looking at the cost, 
looking at does this make sense financially for the career that you want to have, for the finances that you currently have to support that goal. And so that's just the first and foremost thing is look at the cost of the college, look at not only the the tuition and the fees, but housing, uh, meal plans, and any other fees that kind of go along with that and just try to make the best determination if that is a financial, um, if that makes sense financially. When it comes to the cost of college, there are several building blocks that you can help as, as you add more building blocks, that reduces the cost. So when we think of these building blocks, again, we will dive into these so much deeper later on in, into our episodes, but financial aid is one of the, the foundational building blocks that you can help to reduce your costs. So applying through the FAFSA for federal aid, loans, that will, that will be a great start. Um, applying for scholarships, that's another building block. The more scholarships you can build onto um, onto your your plate, then the better um, that's going to help you afford college. And that just continues to go on. The more outside scholarships, the more funding that you can provide. And so then the, the more items that you have to help you with scholarships and financial aid and other resources, obviously the most, the more cost efficient your college choice will be. So the last factor we're going to kind of touch on here, and one thing that's really cool, Lauren, as you know, we have a guest that is going to talk about each of these top three factors. So we'll have um, one of our incredible leaders in advising and academics on campus come and talk about academics. We're going to have our director of financial aid to come and help us dive into um, financial aid and paying for college. And our last factor that we want to focus on is fit. And we're going to have some of our staff on campus here to talk about finding your community on campus because that is so important. So fit can, you know, encompass a lot of things like your location of the school. Um, Does it work for the lifestyle that you want to have? Do you want somewhere that's more rural or more in the city? Um, The size of campus? I know that's super important for students. Some of the students want to be at a large campus while some want a smaller environment. I always say that JSU has the Goldilocks effect where we're not too big, not too small, and it gives you all the opportunities, and but they're still accessible to you. Um, but with any college, you want to think about the type of environment. Is there a community feel that really vibes with what you want in your life? Um, what opportunities exist outside of the classroom to create that community? Because it's so important to have that community that you're plugged into while you're in college um, to support you both academically and, like I said earlier, support that life that's outside of the classroom. You want to be able to plug in with like-minded students, um, but still have the opportunity to be challenged um, in your beliefs and what's going on so that you can grow throughout college as well and expand your capacity for change, your exposure to culture. All of those things are super important during your educational experience. So at JSU, I always say it's a place where you can be accepted for who you are and supported and even challenged to become who you want to be. And you want to find a school that's going to be that for you and allow you to be comfortable in the ways that you need to be comfortable, but also challenge you to grow in the ways that you know you need to grow for what's next in your life. So now that we have talked about um, some of the factors for college choice, let's dive into the actual application process. Yes. So first, Lauren, how many schools do you think a student should apply to? That's a great question. It really just depends on the number of colleges students are interested in. Um, A lot of times there is a cost to apply to a college. Um, You know, there may be some free application codes, like a free application week that we, we do participate in that every year, um, but 
of course, you're going to want to apply to schools that you can afford to apply to. So check that out first. But if you can apply up to, you know, I would say five, five to seven schools is probably a good number. And then um, narrow it down from there. Um, I would recommend not limiting yourself. Um, I would at least apply to your local community college and your local university, plus whatever other schools you have found interest in. Because again, sometimes you never know what happens in life. You may have to stay closer to home. So I think it's always good to go ahead and knock out those applications. Um, Again, if you can get a free application code or can afford that. Um, I also think that you should consider looking farther. Um, so while you should should look local, always have that option if you um, want to expand your horizon. That That is something that you could explore as an option if that is ultimately where you land on based on those factors that we talked about earlier. All right, so once a student decides to apply to a college, what should they expect when filling out an application? So when a student is filling out an application, there's a couple of different things that you know they can expect to see when they first go into the application. Some of the applications are college hosted, and that's how JSU works, whereas our application is on the college website and everything goes through a JSU system for application processing and being admitted. For some colleges, they use the Common App or other platforms for students to be able to apply for their college and many other colleges all at the same time. So when students are looking at applications, they can see where they need to find that application first off. And then you wanna see what are the colleges looking for? Some colleges are gonna look at students more holistically and look at factors other than academics, but also extracurriculars, community service, and all of that, while others are looking for students that just meet a certain criteria. You may hear it called competitive admissions versus non-competitive admissions. There's a lot of different words for it, but for us at JSU, if you meet a certain academic standard, you're gonna be accepted into the college. Some schools, especially since the COVID-19 pandemic, have gone test optional or even test blind. So that is where schools will admit students based solely on their GPA without a standardized test score like an ACT or SAT. Other schools have brought back that testing policy where you need both, while others have kept that test blind or test optional policy. Some schools may have the students apply and then decide if they want to be test optional or not and if they want that test score to be considered. And other schools, they may have automatic test optional. So at GSU, you don't have to choose yes or no to that. We're going to be test optional regardless um, of that when you apply to JSU. Some things that are going to be asked on the application, of course, basic contact information. Once you're admitted, we want to know how to get in touch with you, so that's going to be there. Definitely put in your personal email address, and then a lot of schools are going to have a place where you can put in your parent or supporter's contact information as well, so we can communicate with them too. You're going to be asked some simple demographic information as well, just to give the college more information about who you are. We're also going to ask you about your academic plans. So when do you plan to start taking classes? What do you plan to have as your major? And know that when you put a major on your application, it's going to be something that can be changed. You might change your mind when you're in college and want to go into a different major. So you're not marrying that major at the time of application. That is something that you're putting on just to give us an idea of what your academic plans are going to be. Then you also want to think about what's not only on the application, but what else is going to be needed to complete your application. So that may be 
files such as your transcripts, your test scores, whether the school is test blind or not, those test scores can help for scholarships or admissions. So some of them may have you go ahead and turn those in. Some schools are going to require essays. Some may have a prompt and others may let that essay be more free form. You may need letters of recommendation and those letters of recommendation may be specific as to who they are from, so be sure to check that. And even at some more competitive schools, you may have an entry interview that you're gonna to have to complete as part of your application process. One really important thing is to be sure that you're paying attention to any deadlines. Some schools are going to have early admission opportunities where you can apply early and find out early if you are being admitted to that school, while others are going to have more of open admissions or rolling admissions where they accept students all the way through the start of each term. So Lauren, now as the students have submitted their application, all of their documents, what happens after that? First and foremost, um, it is important again, like you mentioned, to have all of the items that are required to be admitted sent in. Um, double check that those items have been received and ensure that those items are received in time for the deadlines. Now some, some colleges, like you mentioned, they have early admission deadlines um, and so and then some are rolling admissions. At JSU we are rolling admission, which means that we will accept students through the time that they can enroll in the classes for that particular term. So it's just important to, again, make sure that everything has been sent in and is received by the admissions offices within the deadlines that are communicated. Um, international students who are listening, we do have some deadlines for international students, so I did want to just mention that specific, and, and graduate school typically mm -hmm. does as well. Um, with decisions that you could get, um, typically if you meet the admission requirements, then you will receive an admissions decision um, at a non-competitive institution like JSU. Our admissions are not competitive. If you have the scores, then you get in. Now some institutions are competitive, and so there could be some decisions that you get um, where you may be automatic, you know, you may be admitted or you may be waitlisted, and you may be waiting for um, other students to decline their admission for you to be able to be admitted. So there is important notes on that. You could also be admitted conditionally. So you could be admitted to the university but have requirements once you enroll that have to be met to continue. And so um, at JSU we do have conditional admission requirements for students who are, for students who have a certain GPA. And so our conditional requirements I will say, and a lot of schools are the same way, I would say most any schools the same way, are not meant to hurt the student or to, you know, require that the student do something unnecessarily um, as a penalty, but it's to support the student, to ensure that they are going to be successful. And so if specifically at JSU, we do require conditionally admitted students to take a learning skills course through our student success office. It's a wonderful course. It helps bridge that gap between um, high school and college, and so that that could be a, a requirement of conditional admission. And again, it could be different at any other school. And then unfortunately, if, if you do not meet admission requirements, then you may be um, denied admission for that term for that student type. So I think it's really important for students to understand that if you're denied admission from a college or university for you know an academic reason, not a disciplinary reason or other things, there are opportunities not only for you to potentially appeal that decision, but to apply at a future term. 
to maybe go on to a community college and then transfer into that college or university. So there's always those opportunities. Um, so it, I don't ever want students to think, oh, I cannot go to that college or I cannot go to that university because there could always be options later on. Definitely. So the most exciting part is when you do get that, yes, you're admitted, and that's so exciting. And so once that happens, the college is going to communicate that through various different channels. Um, for a lot of them, it's going to be a physical letter or an email. So with JSU, we think it's really fun to tell you as soon as possible. So as soon as you're admitted, the admissions counselor texts immediately to say that you've been accepted. And I think that's really fun because it's such a personal way to say, like, you're in. And I love getting the messages back from students that are so excited to get that text message. We follow up with an email with information in there for student accounts and some of those things. And then we also follow up with a mailed packet of accepted pieces with next steps, information for parents, financial aid information. It's all included in there. And different colleges have different ways to do this. I love seeing every year what the colleges come up with as far as a welcome packet or an accepted letter because we try to make it fun. I know for us at JSU, we put a little confetti in every acceptance envelope and that is just a fun touch because it is such an exciting yes and exciting moment for the students and for us. And it's always so fun to see those on social media. Yes. <laughs> um, for us, we do have an Instagram, JSU underscore admissions, and we love to see where students will tag us in their posts using the hashtag future Gamecock. Um, but, but for any college that they're admitted to, it's, it's really fun to see them hold up that acceptance letter. Okay. I will say now, if you're going to post your acceptance letter on social media, make sure you cover up your address, cover up your student <laughs> information. Yes. Um, but in general, it is always so much fun to see those on, on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I love the videos of the students and their families like opening the emails and they find out they've been admitted. That's such a, an awesome moment because you know, one, it's fun to get a yes any time in life, but also we know that education makes such a difference in the lives of students as well as their families and their communities. And that's just the first step on a journey that's going to change everything for them. So that's really exciting. And we're back with the College Toolkit at Jack State talking about the college application process. Once you get a decision and find out if you're admitted, let's bring Jessica Wiggins, our Associate Vice President for Enrollment Management in at Jacksonville State University to talk about the next steps. All right, so Jessica, welcome. Before we dive into the post-admit steps, can you give us a little insight into what you do in your current position at JSU? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you all so much for having me. Um, so for my position, I would say I probably have the most fun job on the planet um, because I get to work with you all. Um, but my job is really overseeing undergraduate admissions, financial aid, and the Office of Military Student Services. So that can include everything from making recommendations on marketing pieces, reviewing data reports, writing plans, writing policies, um, but mostly keeping up with what's going on in the ever-changing world of higher ed. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. 
All right, Jessica, so it seems like there are a lot of steps from the time someone gets accepted to the college and when they attend. So can you talk about these and what maybe order they should be done in? Yes, thank you so much, Noelle. Um, so I would recommend um, once you're admitted, logging into your student account if you're provided that information and your acceptance. Um, you just want to log in, make sure there's no issues with your account. And when you do, make sure you keep up with that username and that password because you're going to need to get back in to check um, if there are any updates um, on your account. Account. I would also recommend making sure if you haven't already to do your FAFSA at that point. Um, and then also, even if you have already completed it, make sure that you have sent it to the school that you've been accepted to. Um, because you can put up to 10 schools on that FAFSA, so just make sure that the one that you've accepted to is already listed there. The other recommendation would be to check in um, with the aid office at that school to make sure there's no other requirements that you might need to submit or provide to them in order to get your aid offer. Most schools aren't going to give you that aid offer until you've been admitted, so you, it's always good just to double check that that aid office doesn't need anything. The other things I would recommend would be uh, reviewing any scholarship opportunities at that institution. And then if there are any deadlines associated with those scholarships, you want to make sure that you're very, very aware of that. Some of them are already going to provide that information up front when you're admitted to go in and apply. Um, so just make sure you're very, very aware of what those deadlines are. If you're planning to live on campus, I would also recommend um, completing the housing application. If that wasn't a part of the application process, make sure that you're doing that and be aware of whatever deadline the school has provided for that housing. Um, and then lastly, the biggest thing that I would recommend is also if you're able to at the time that you're admitted, go ahead and pick your orientation date if that is something that is available to you at the time. Um, just be cognizant when you're picking that date that the earlier date is typically a better choice because you're getting in early, you're getting everything taken care of um, well in advance of actually starting. Awesome. So that kind of leads into my question, Jessica. When do students typically need to make their decision on which college they should attend? Yeah, you probably don't want to hear that it depends, but I would say it really does depend on how selective that institution is. Some colleges actually require enrollment deposits, so a fund or a, a certain amount that you're required to actually put down and say, yes, I'm attending. So you need to be aware of what that is and what your institution is going to require. Here at JSU, uh, we don't have an enrollment deposit per se. What we do, we have um, our Gamecock orientation, fondly known as GO, um, and so you, you register for that and that is essentially your enrollment deposit. That's us, uh, you telling us that's your plans to attend. Um, but also the other thing to keep in mind on making those decisions and the timing of it is if housing options are first come first serve, which they typically are for freshmen, you just want to make sure that you're making that decision in time so that you can get the housing that you want. So we haven't discussed this yet, but it's one of the most important factors in the college selection process. When is the right time to actually visit a college campus? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would probably say as early as your sophomore or junior year, that can really help inform your decisions or maybe even narrow down your decisions. Um, but if, it, if it's past that point for you, it's not too late. Um, I would definitely recommend in the fall of the senior year the, being the latest to visit those campuses. Um, and then the other piece of advice I would give is not be afraid to go back to the campus. If you visited somewhere, you really, really liked it, and maybe you want to get a different feel on a different day, um, go back, give them another chance. And especially if you're trying to decide between two or three, if it's an option for you to visit again, I would recommend it. That's a great point. And I will just plug that we have admitted student days at JSU. And so if you come to 
a campus tour and then you come to an admitted student day, you're going to see different parts of campus. And so I think that's a really great point. Um, so we've covered a lot of ground. Jessica, thank you so much again for being here. Is there anything else that we have not discussed about admissions, I'm sorry, post-admission steps that we should? Uh, the only other thing that I would like to add, and it really will depend on the school and the student's situation, uh, but some schools also require placement exams, and that's to determine what level of a math course or maybe an English course that you need to be placed into. So if your school does re require that, make sure you understand what that requirement is and that you're completing it by the deadline. That will really help when you are advised on what courses to take in the fall, that you're getting into the right ones and that you're not wasting your time or your money in courses that you may not need. Need. All right, Jessica, so before you go, we want to have a little fun, and this is something we're doing with all of our guests, but we're going to ask you five kind of rapid-fire questions. Some of them are about, you know, college, maybe your personal experience as well, so you can just give us, like, first thing you think of. Um, so, first of all, how many colleges did you apply for? Oh, gosh, that's probably going to make me sound like a fuddy-duddy. Uh, I actually only applied to two. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right, next up. What was your go-to late-night meal while you were in college? Also embarrassing. Um, <laughs> crystals. <laughs> Yum. We are not sponsored, but no. we would love to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jessica, so what is one thing at JSU that happens, you know, each year that you always look forward to? There are probably two things, if I'm allowed two things. So I genuinely love our preview day experiences here on campus. So yes, it is a shameless plug to coming to visit our campus, um, but it is such a lively event and a good display of the feel that you can get from the campus, whether it's the academics, the student involvement, or just the physical space of our campus. The second thing that I would say is um, our Gamecock orientation. So it's probably one of the most fun events on campus. Um, our orientation leaders really, really get into it. They spend the entire summer, or the entire spring rather, prepping for Gamecock orientation. It's so wonderful to see the students invested in this process, and then also see our, our future students really get to know those students and see what a great experience that they're going to have at JSU. So Jessica, what was your college degree at the undergrad level, and does that match with what you are doing today? I'll answer the second part first. Not at all. <laughs> um, so my undergraduate degree was actually in history. I thought I wanted to be a high school history teacher, and clearly I am not. Um, so it, it wasn't an intentional choice to go into higher ed, I would say, um, but teaching was not a fit for me. All right, last question. All right. So what is one thing that you wish that you were told before you started college? I think that if, if one piece of advice would have made a bigger impact on me, it was um, really emphasizing getting involved on campus. I was a bit of an introvert as a freshman and really did not put myself out there. So I found myself for the first few weeks on campus just strictly going from class to class. It only took me you know, a few months to figure it out, but I, I finally found um, where I thought that I fit on campus, but I really just had a hard time putting myself out there. But understanding that there are freshman groups that are available for people that are just like me, knowing that up front may have just kind of sped up the process of getting involved. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was very, very informative and just great to get to know you more. And um, that's actually all of the questions that we have for you today, and we'd love to hopefully have you back on a future episode. Awesome. I'd love it. Thank you all so much. 
The College Toolkit with Jack State is recorded from the friendliest campus in the South, Jacksonville State University, with your hosts, Lauren Finley and Noelle Stovall. Jacksonville State University is a public, regional, four-year university located in Jacksonville, Alabama, not Florida. The podcast is written by Brett Underwood and edited by Rolanda Stitz. It has been recorded on the campus of Jacksonville State University in the Department of Communication. Come see us. Register for a campus tour or check out our virtual tour at jsu.edu slash visit.